It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Cincinnati Bengals are 9-4, and four, and any monkey that was or was not on their back about the Cleveland Browns is certainly not there anymore. Let's break down how they got there. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, as myself, Jake Lisko, and the other host of the Lockdown Bengals podcast, James Rapine, bring you daily coverage of the Cincinnati Bengals as they continue their playoff march. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So hit the subscribe button if you're new, which I think some of you may be. Hit the follow button if you're listening on an audio platform and join the first listen club as today's episode is brought to you by prize picks daily fantasy made easy you can get a 100 instant deposit match of up to 100 right now with promo code locked on at prizepicks.com that's promo code locked on at prizepicks.com james the bengals are now nine and four they've won five in a row for the first time under zach taylor in the regular season Anyway, I guess even in the postseason last year, they had that loss to the Browns in Week 18 thrown in. So for the for the, for the first time ever, and it wasn't necessarily the prettiest start to the game, but I think they got there, right? It took a fourth down stop for the Bengals' defense to keep the Browns off the board early. It took a little bit of time for the Bengals' offense to get going as Tyler Boyd leaves the game early with what turns out to be a dislocated finger. T. Higgins sneaks out to the field as Zach Taylor said, for a third down play, but really wasn't meant to play at all in this game with the hamstring injury as the Bengals wanted to hold him out, even though T wanted to play. And shorthanded, the Bengals offense found a rhythm eventually and did enough. And the Bengals defense really stepped up after that first second and 12 play where there's a big run for the Browns. Afterward, I thought the Bengals defense was very impressive in this game. And it was pretty cruisy. From there. there, there were a few moments of anxiety, I think, judging from my Twitter mentions, James, but it was a pretty well-controlled game by a, a much better football team in the Bengals. Let's go back to like the first thing you said before all the, the details. They beat the Browns. You know what I'm sick and tired of? Answering questions about how they can't beat the Browns. I used to cover the Browns. I'm aware of the Browns. I also grew up when the Browns stunk and the Bengals stunk and the Bengals always beat the Browns. I was sick of answering questions about how Joe Burrow – who's probably going to go down as the best quarterback, maybe the best player in Bengals history, maybe. And that might be a little high, I, I, a little exaggeration right now, but maybe not. And I was sick of the 0-4 talk. And I loved his answer afterwards. Yeah, we're, we're just 1-4 now, but it's 1-4. And, and so I think he did me a favor, did you a favor, did everybody a favor that has to talk about this team, discuss this team. And I know the players wanted to get over that hump there, not because – they thought it was like some benchmark, mm-hmm. but because they're probably just tired of hearing about it, if that makes sense. I, I don't think they feel any different about themselves regardless of how they played today, right? But they just wanted to get it done and get it over with, and they did. And the start of this game was super weird. 
it was very Bengals Browns esque. I hate where it. Th- that would that was the moment of anxiety that you would have, right? Because T's on the sideline, which was weird. He played the first play. He's on the sideline for the second play. It's a pass to Boyd. Boom. Boyd comes out and is clearly frustrated, like visibly frustrated. And then he's walking to the locker room. And you're like, what the heck? And then just like that, they go three and out. Mm-hmm. And the Browns start driving. Two plays, two first downs. Deshaun Watson first play finds Amari Cooper. And it was like, oh, is is it really going to be this kind of day <laughs> where weird stuff happens? The you know, and even a few drives in, the Higgins injury, the Boyd injury. Higgins was supposed to be good. And I still think it's kind of weird. You know, he he was okay and wanted to play, but the the team didn't want to risk it. And so they held him out, but there were some goal line packages for him and all of that. That's all weird to me. Mm-hmm. But the bottom line is, is this Bengals team answered and they were able to respond against an inferior team. By the way, spoiler alert, they were inferior on Monday night. Mm-hmm. It's it's no different. It They were inferior last year when, when the Bengals lost to him here at Paycor Stadium. But they responded the right way and they were able to get control of the game. And then you're right. It, it was cruise control for the most part. There were a couple of times where, you know, the door was cracked for the Browns, but they mm-hmm. just – they couldn't, you know, slam that door open, and a lot of that has to do with this Bengals defense, which was really, really impressive. I thought Joe Burrow. The numbers don't look great, but made some great throws. the The chase throw was awesome. The mm-hmm. the off script play to Trenton Irwin to set up the Samaj P Ryan touchdown. I mean, that's when they really took control of the game, is scoring back to back touchdowns at the end of the the first half. It was uh, it wasn't always pretty, but they got the win and they improved the nine and four. And you're right, five straight in the, the Zach Taylor era for the first time. First time since 2015 this team has done that. So it's a good feeling for those guys in the locker room. I know they were all excited. And there were contributions, as, as you talked about, from all of these depth players for the Bengals at the skill positions on offense, right? Jamar Chase had a huge day, obviously, and is the best player on the offense in this game. Joe Burrow, bit of a rough start, found his way, made some really great throws, as you mentioned, James. Jamar dominant throughout the game, no matter who was over him. And and I want to credit the Bengals coaching staff here as well. They got him into a position a few times where they got him one-on-one with John Johnson, the safety, and instead of Denzel Ward. But even if it was Denzel Ward, Jamar was cooking Denzel Ward too throughout this game. So Cooking. Absolutely. Destroying. Like Denzel Ward had a very bad game. He he got one big hit on Jamar, but that was it. He couldn't cover. No, he couldn't. I mean, it was... He's just wide open on the side. I was like, oh, he's got him. Mm-hmm. Finds him. Oh, he's got him. Finds mm-hmm. him. Oh, he's got him. Finds him. And every time it was 21. And uh, apparently Ward was traveling with him most of the game, according yes. to Chase. So was uh, whatever you want to say, barbecue Ward, you know, Denzel, <laughs> whatever you want to say. It was uh, – that's what it was. Jamar Chase is a freak, man, and we saw it. And and like you mentioned, there were contributions from from some of these other guys down roster, and this is really starting to exemplify the team at this point. They they've had their depth tested this year, and they've answered that call more times than not. And that's going to happen again. We'll talk about Trey Hendrickson as well here, but Trent Irwin, you mentioned the the, the third down uh, outside of structure to convert a first down. The, the flea flicker, by the way. Perfect time for that call. Neither Miles Garrett nor Jadavion Clowney on the field for that play. The perfect time to dial that up. And the mm-hmm. safety just bites like it's, I don't know, he's bobbing for apples. And he got the apple in his mouth. That's not a saying. I just made it up. 
That's pretty bad, but he bit hard on the run action, right? And that's the easiest flea flicker, one of the cleanest flea flickers I've seen in my life. Trent Taylor. Yeah, they're never like catching that. this game. No, never like that. Usually there's a pass rush, and it was really well protected. Trent Taylor, I, I thought his catch on the sideline was a catch. It was overturned. Um, yeah, but too. beyond that, massive play to convert afterwards, getting loose in the middle of the defense and taking it for like 15, 20 yards after the catch on that play. Get a first down from Mitch Wilcox. You get some some nice runs from Samaj P. Ryan back in a backup role. He had a tough time as a receiver in this game, but as a runner, still pretty good, including that touchdown. Mm-hmm. And Joe Mixon, really great game coming back. So they, they got contributions throughout the offense. They, they found ways to move the ball, even without Hayden Hurst, without Tyler Boyd, without T. Higgins. Down three of their most important players, but they had Jamar. And Jamar did what he does, despite being the only guy out there, which makes it all the more impressive. Yeah, I just learned never to doubt Burrow and Chase. I think that's just a, another lesson. I mean, the touchdown throw to Jamar might have been the best throw of Burrow's career. Incredible. Like, it, it was... <laughs> It was insane. It was so insane that Jamar didn't even know it was coming to him. And it stuck to his chest. Yeah. It, it, so much so to where it was like Burrow threw it, like almost placed it in Jamar's hands. Like, hey, it's time for you to gritty now. And <laughs> yeah. Jamar's like, oh, okay, I'll gritty. It's, <laughs> like, it, it, uh, it, it's not like Burrow catches Chase off guard much. Very, no. very few times. Maybe never until this throw. Mm-hmm. And um, that's – that's the difference between having an elite quarterback and like a an okay quarterback. Okay quarterbacks when they're struggling, they're they can't make that throw. And Burrow, whose numbers were all I mean, he started four of twelve. It was yeah. just not in a rhythm and they were battling battling through some things. He felt like he was off target a bit. Boom. That got him into a, a bit of a rhythm and the offense obviously took off after that. Jamar Chase is a freak. Joe Burrow's a freak. You guys knew that. The Bengals improved to nine and four. Uh let's keep this rolling. We'll keep discussing this win over the Browns. It's been a while since we could uh, do this here on Locked on Bengals, but we will keep it up next here on Locked on Bengals. This episode brought to you by Taro, the world's largest car sharing marketplace. You can book any car you want, wherever you want it, with a community of local hosts. If you're in the U.S., Canada, the U.K., or Australia, for all of our listeners overseas or in the great white north like I am, you can book a SUV or minivan, a budget economy car, a luxury car for a special event or test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on. And many of those tarot hosts can deliver the car right to you. Every trip backed by liability insurance, terms, conditions, and exclusions do apply. Forget those boring rental cars and find your drive at Tarot. Today's show also brought to you by audible audible is releasing a series of football podcasts that we know you're going to love think like a champion is available uh right now and it's a new podcast from russell wilson and audible russ is a champion on the field off of it we rarely know the path to greatness but each episode is going to feature interviews with olympic medalists nfl stars business leaders from von miller to Tim Tebow and so much more. So head over to Locked On Presents for a sneak peek of Think Like a Champion or catch the full series available anywhere you get your podcasts. Available everywhere now. Audible. Get in the game. Before we hop over to the defense, James, where DJ Reader was absolutely incredible. And this is He's also another, freaky. Freaky, freaky. An, another week of, of us 
waxing poetic over DJ readers coming this week <laughs> on the Lockdown Bengals podcast because he did inhuman, insane, freaky, whatever you want to call it, just incredible things on defense. And Logan Wilson had a nice game too, and we'll get there. Uh, you mentioned he started, what, 4 of 12, Joe Burrow? Yeah, 4 of 12. I believe it was for 27 yards. I may be it, off on the yards, but that sounds it, right. And then after that was 14 of, of 21. So found found some smooth sailing after that. And a lot of it really was, Jamar. You talked about that that throw to Jamar in the end zone, the last note on that. You know how they say, like, the ball catches you? you you've heard that saying. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one of the true moments of the ball catching you. He didn't see it until it was five yards away from, from him, said Chase. The window was infinitesimally small between the safety and the corner underneath. And it was just a perfect pass. And there were a few of those. There, there was a, a sideline throw, I think, that Greg Newsom was underneath to Jamar mm-hmm. Chase that should have, could have been picked if it was a slightly imperfect throw, but it was perfect just over the outstretched hand of Greg Newsom and, and into Jamar Chase's hands instead. So while it wasn't perfect for Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. I thought he was good in the pocket again for the most part. He he settled in, didn't get sped up, although maybe was a little bit fast on a couple of those checkdowns to Samaj P. ran early and and found a way to, to be successful. And a lot of people are talking about the bad at passes, James. And it's, it's a combination of a lot of things. People are really, I, I think, ready to blame the offensive line or ready to blame Joe Burrow or ready to blame these short dropbacks. And in a reality, it's all of those things. And it's also, I think, you know, the teams that are doing it against them are the teams that employ Miles Garrett and TJ Watt, both of whom are very, very good at this particular thing and very, very familiar with and spend extra time on the Bengals as a divisional opponent. So I'm not overly worried about it. Uh, 13 out of Joe Burrow's 20 pass, 20 batted passes as charted by PFF have come against AFC North opponents, and most of those are TJ Watt and Miles Garrett, to be mm-hmm. totally honest with you. So if they can avoid that, those teams in the playoffs, which neither of those teams are going to the playoffs, this, this whole batted yeah. pass issue, uh, less than one a game against non-AFC North opponents. And so I, it's hard for me to get too worked up over it, except – that they've been very unlucky when it's happened. As Joe Burrow said in his presser after the game, the only way they're picking him off right now is on those weird batted passes or TJ Watt being a freak. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I, I don't think there's anything, given what they do, drop back passing team, they're going to throw it. They're going to do those quick drops. Like, it's what they do. And by the way, they have a lot of success doing it. Yes. They, they scored 23 points today and could have probably scored more. No Tyler Boyd. No T. Higgins, no Hayden Hurst. We've went through that. The offensive line wasn't great today. It was fine. wasn't great. And and they overcame a lot, and they still put up enough points to, to get a win. And Joe Burrow even said it. There's not a ton you can do. It, it, it They have been unlucky, and that's why you feel them more. It, the Bengals didn't intercept the ones that Reader batted down today and that were tipped mm-hmm. today. If, it, if that Hill. happens, then it feels different. And yeah. it just – yeah, B.J. Hill too. And and it just doesn't happen. It hasn't happened, and so it doesn't feel as significant. When really, that's the same thing happening. And the other part of this is, I think that the Bengals they've been protecting better, and so teams are trying to find other ways to to disrupt this aerial assault that, that the Bengals can put on them. And and so that's one way to do it is instead of rushing, pause, stop, and, and try to get a hand on the ball. And we'll have more on the offensive line, of course, after we've had a chance to watch the the. The all 22, the tight in particular, to see what's going on in the trenches. But the the running game found a way 
in the second half to get going. It took a little bit of time again, but Joe Mixon uncorked a 40-yard run, and that's why you play Joe Mixon. He, he's got that explosive element to him. And Samaj Piran was pretty good in his opportunities as well, like, like we talked about, including a draw play that went for 14 yards in his touchdown run, which looks like everybody in the Browns thought he was tackled and the play was dead, and he wasn't. And he just snuck into the end zone for, for one of the easier after-contact plays of his life, I assume. Joe Burrow found a little bit of success as a scrambler as well. Uh, and, and you know, I thought Jonah actually had a decent game against Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett is always going to beat pretty much anybody in the NFL from time to time. And he got Jonah early for sure. But I thought Jonah Williams played a pretty reasonable game against Miles Garrett. And Lel Collins might have had some struggles, and I think he did. But uh, the most important matchup of the game in the trenches was probably Garrett and, and Jonah Williams, and I thought Jonah held his own. And we'll mm-hmm. see if that stands up on uh, on film review. More than holding their own was this Bengals defense, though, James. Yeah. Uh, Logan Wilson, what, 17 tackles according to ESPN's box score? They they got pressure to Deshaun Watson, who was uncomfortable and, and awful, frankly. Se- 17 tackles, a quarterback hit, and a half sack. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I can't say enough about DJ Reader in this game. So some guys I want to talk about in whatever order. We can, you can pick the order, James. DJ Reader, uh, Logan Wilson, Cam Taylor-Britt, Sam Hubbard had a nice game. Jesse Bates had that pick. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of guys had pretty nice games for this defense. To me, it starts with DJ Reader, but what about you? Yeah, it definitely starts with DJ Reader in really the defense as a whole. Let's just start there because that was what kind of – let the offense ease into life without T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. Because in like a span of like an hour and a half, they went from thinking they probably would have both of them to having neither one of them. And it was maybe two hours. Right. But it it wasn't much more than that. And so that's, that's a big difference, especially when you only have two active tight ends, three active running backs. And and you don't want T to open up as, as, you know, downfield or run really, really hard essentially, which, What's the point, right? He's a receiver. If you can't mm-hmm. do that, it's going to be tough to play. So this defense kind of stabilized things when they were about to go awry. And they gave up a couple first downs. And then also, thanks to Kevin Stefanski for calling a go ball with Jacoby Brissett, which that was it, it, it's just honestly, and, and I get it. Oh, single coverage, all that. He was open if the throw was dude, you're having a guy come in cold and throwing a go ball. How about that's you just how I felt leave, about it? Leave Watson in. Like that's yeah. so stupid. But thank you, because that was their shot. If, if they get six there, it's like, oh, man, and it's unraveling a bit. And instead, this defense said, nope. You know, the third down stop on Nick Chubb was huge um, to, to get it to that fourth down play. And, and that'll be an underrated moment in the game at 0-0. And, and then, obviously, you force a couple of three and outs after that and, and really allow this offense to ease into it and take the lead first, like we talked about all week being such a, an important factor. So, no, and this they finally defense, did it. Huge. They did it. They stopped Nick Chubb. 34 yards, 34. <sighs> Crazy. Very, very good game for this oh, defense. And-, and they also got to stop, sorry, without Mike Hilton, who had to leave. That was the other part of the craziness right. at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. That was very scary. Mike Hilton yes. came back and, and played oh the rest God. of the game. Uh, Jalen Davis, when Mike Hilton wasn't in the game, over-pursued on a read option or a keeper of some sort for Deshaun Watson that ended up being a first down. Anyway. Mike's okay. Hilton's okay. That's good news. Uh, Camp Taylor Britt, 
I thought played pretty well in some big moments too. Wasn't perfect, but had some some big big plays in the fourth quarter and was a frequent target in this game. Jesse Bates coming up with a, a big clutch interception that helped to stall some momentum for the Browns at some point. So let's stay there. Let's stay with the defense a little bit. We've got a game ball to give out as well, and we'll finish up the show there today's episode of the locked on Bengals podcast however brought to you by prize picks which i mentioned at the top of the show if you missed that part it's the easiest daily fantasy out there you pick two to five players on whether they will score more or less in their prize picks projection and you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry you can get those entries in in less than 60 seconds too really quick really easy and they've got projections on any sport you watch, whether it is the NFL and the Cincinnati Bengals, since you're listening to this podcast, or it's the NBA currently in full swing, college football getting to the college football playoff, men's college basketball kicking things up. And with those safe and fast withdrawals, it's easy to use. Like I said, operational in over 30 states in Canada. Right now, you can download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up to play those daily fantasy sports. And you're going to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, that's $100 free dollars. If you deposit $50, that's $50 free dollars from PrizePix. Don't forget promo code locked on when you sign up for an instant deposit match of $100 with PrizePix. Well, the holiday season is here and Schultz and Sons is here for you. We have Less than two weeks, right? And no, I'm not talking about Bengals, Patriots on Christmas Eve. I'm, ta- I'm talking about Christmas. And you need to get the Schultz and Sons because they are the jewelry experts that are going to help you. Last-minute shoppers out there, fellas, make her happy. They're a part of the American Gem Society, which is an exclusive club, which basically means they know anything and everything about diamonds and gems and anything in between that can help you make the right pick. No, they're not going to sell you on something. They're going to find what's right for you. It's all about fit, right? How Joe Burrow fits with his offensive line. Well, Schultz and Sons is going to find the perfect fit for you. Located in Fort Mitchell, just a few minutes from the bridge, right off the Fort Mitchell exit in the Kroger Expressway Plaza. It's easy to get to, easy to find, and just a few minutes from downtown Cincinnati. 2202 Dixie Highway. Remember, when it has to be perfect, it has to be Schultz and Sons. Before we get back to how the Bengals dealt with Nick Chubb and this rush defense, this is a segue for me because my game ball, my Schultz and Sons game ball, is is DJ Reader in this one. Oh. And on the offensive side of the ball, it would be Jamar Chase. And maybe that's your choice. You'll, you'll get to weigh in in a second here, obviously. But for me, DJ Reader did incredible, incredible things against one of the best coach, best schemed, running attacks in the NFL, one of the best running backs in the NFL, the number of tackles that he made or enabled at or around the line of scrimmage was incredible. And he did it against some of the better offensive linemen in the NFL. Certainly some of the best coach, like I mentioned with Bill Callahan, Brian Callahan's dad running the running game in Cleveland. And Nick Chubb is just notoriously hard to tackle. The Bengals in general did a great job of this in getting multiple hats to the ball, as DJ said at his locker after the game, but Reader himself was just quintessential DJ Reader in this game. Mm-hmm. Almost perfect. And also had his share of pushing the pocket pretty well. Drew a hold yeah, did. Uh, from, from Joel Batonio uh, on a pass rushing snap and also got his hand on a batted pass. And we've seen what can happen when you continue to get your hands to those passes at the line <laughs> of scrimmage. 
hopefully at some point that goes in the Bengals' favor a little bit too. But uh, I thought DJ Reader was incredible in this game, and you could certainly give it to Jamar Chase, who was also fantastic. But I'll go DJ Reader in this one, James. Sure. No, it's it's a good one. I'm not going to go Jamar Chase. I'm going to go off the script a little bit for our Schultz and Sons game ball, or my Schultz and Sons game ball. It's going to go to Zach Taylor. Nice. Five wins in a row, first time in his career. And this team does not get frazzled. It may unravel for a quarter or a half, maybe even a game. The Monday night game was a whole game. It unraveled, and they just couldn't stop it. And But what have they done since? They've won five straight. They beat the Browns, handled them, the same team, you know, that they that they struggled with. They this is a team that uh, you know, has come a long, long way. And when I was talking to DJ Reader after the game, I thought about his rant after week two losing to the Browns. I think it was something like 35-30 at First Energy Stadium. And Chubb and Hunt ran all over this defense. And Reader was furious after the game and i've never forgotten that and what a long way they've come and i asked him about that but guess who was orchestrating this whole thing guess who was helping these guys get to this point where now yeah you you lose t higgins who would be you know one of the best receivers on on most teams the best receiver on most teams and you lose tyler boyd who's one of the best slots in the nfl and you find a way on offense the defense takes a breath and it doesn't unravel zach taylor gets my game ball yeah, it's a, a huge credit to the coaching staff in this game, I think. Defensive side of the ball came out ready. They they were ready to stop the run. As a result, I think they gave up some big pass plays, especially on first down, which is where the Browns passing attack did most of his damage. But they did not give up a, a ton. There, there were some big plays, for sure. But it wasn't consistent. I, I thought the, the quarterback for the Browns looked pretty frazzled throughout the game, was a little bit slow, wasn't seeing the field all that well. So you credit Luana Rumo's guys there. You credit Zach Taylor and Brian Callahan. As uh, James Palmer reported before the game, for, for the massive transformation of this offense from week five on, um, and including in this game, getting the ball moving and figuring out a way to adapt without those kill, those key skill players. I, I like that, James. That's, that's a, a good way to creatively give credit to this coaching staff and – uh, I like that game ball. Let's let's talk about some of the other standouts on defense before we get out of here. Cam Taylor Britt gave up some plays for sure. Wasn't perf, excuse me, wasn't perfect, but in key moments in the red zone, man, mm-hmm. he yeah. came up with some big, big plays, making life hard on Donovan Peoples Jones and Amari Cooper, getting some pass breakups, and in general, one of the things that we were most worried about with this team what was the loss of Chidobe Awuzie. And I haven't really been feeling that for, for three weeks here now. And that's yeah. a testament to these corners that have stepped up in his absence. Yeah. They've, uh, they've been able to hold the fort down and one, thank goodness that Mike Hilton was able to come back mm-hmm. Two, yeah, this, this cornerback room has, has held up. And, and the thing that I was, I was talking to a veteran about, on defense before this game a few days ago. It was like, if it was going to happen where Cam Taylor Britt was going to be thrust into a role like this, get all the growing pains out now. Because playoff football is coming, but if he gets the reps now, he can be playoff ready. It's it's yeah. kind of like Cordell Volson. Remember like at the bye week, they're like, we don't even really look at him as a rookie anymore. It doesn't mean he doesn't make mistakes, but they don't look at him that way. 
Well, you're getting Cam Taylor Britt seasoned. So yeah. when the season is literally on the line, he can hold up. And I think today was a great test for him because he was challenged. This defense was challenged against uh, against the Browns that first time around. And Amari Cooper was running free and doing all, all of those things. And they uh, they responded. Do you have any other good news before we get to uh, the one bad news part of this game? Uh, I mean, we talked a little bit about Logan Wilson had a had a very, very productive day in the statue. Jermaine Pratt, who, by the way, after the game tweeted that he effectively tweeted that he doesn't like being off the field on third downs. And Akeem Davis Gaither was getting in on some of the third downs in this game, which is something for another day to, to monitor and talk about. Uh, Sam Hubbard, I thought, had another pretty nice game. But, yeah. Uh, oh, you know what? One last one. BJ Hill. I thought, you know, wasn't wasn't DJ Reader in this game, but played really well beside him. But yeah, the the big bad news on the defensive side of the ball, and we're getting here late, so apologies for that. The news came a little bit late too. Is Trey Hendrickson reportedly has a broken wrist? Well, reportedly missed a little bit of time. He played through it. Sounds like he didn't necessarily know that it was broken until after the game, and so that is not so good. You pick the most important Bengals, right, that you hope stay healthy and you don't lose to injury that aren't Joe Burrow. Obviously, Joe Burrow's there. But it's Jamar Chase, who missed some time. It's DJ Reader, who missed some time. It's Shadobe Abouzier, who they won't have back until next year. And it's Trey Hendrickson. And I, I think it's those four guys, and, and now at this point, it looks like all four of them are, are going to end up missing a couple of games at least this year. Yeah, it's brutal, you know, to, to lose him and – I had heard some rumblings that he had come out of the X-ray room and didn't look happy. And I'm like, uh oh, I did, you know. And I, I just the post game shuffle is wild, so I didn't have time to send texts or ask or go in the locker room and just see. But I even said hi to Trey afterwards, and you didn't see anything on his wrist. But you know, apparently, that's uh, that's something he's dealing with. We'll we'll see. We'll see how how much time he misses. Hopefully, he's back for the playoffs. You know, at nine and four, that's what you think of now. The other thing is Joseph Osai left the shoulder issue. His arm was hanging. I think he came back in, hmm. but just something to monitor there because that's that's tough too because you'd look and say, all right, this is a big moment for Joseph Osai, but he's got to be healthy to to rise up to that challenge. So, yeah, that's uh, that's a rough one. And yeah. and not having Trey Hendrickson, whew, we're going to really see with this defense because Cheeto and Trey, those, those are two valuable, valuable pieces. Cover and get to the quarterback. Right, those two guys do it better than than anyone on this roster, so it's yeah. tough. Yeah, and they've answered this call more often than they haven't. When they lost DJ Reader, they had a hard time with the run in, in a couple of games, I would say. Yep. Yeah. But Trey Hendrickson has been the engine of this pass rush since he's arrived in Cincinnati. He's a guy that is often creating for everybody else. And they still have some good players, right? BJ Hill, DJ Reader, Sam Hubbard are all good players, but they're not that explosive pass rusher that Trey Hendrickson has been for this team in terms of creating for themselves. So it is something that will have to be schemed around. It will have to be monitored. And, you know, the, the next couple of weeks, Brady, obviously Brady is as good as anybody when he has time to sit back there and, and figure out what's going on and pick you apart. He's seen it all at this point. He's getting torched now too. And so that's the thing is it's going to be like, can they bounce yeah. back? I don't think they're very good and we'll dive into that, but still. Yeah. Torch. It was like 35-0 last time I saw as we we're recording, and it might be 35-7 now. now but okay. Yeah. I mean, that's a backup. Maybe, maybe, maybe the next Tom Brady 
I don't know. That that'd be a Brock a Purdy. Sort of fun Brock story. Purdy's just falling. Anyway, it's it's Brady and then it's Mac Jones, right? And then how bad is that risk, Trey? Is it a two week injury or is it a four week injury? Because then it's Buffalo. And yeah. that's a place where you would really, really like Trey Hendrickson, not only for his pass rush ability, but he's been really good and contained this year. He's been good when they've had to ask him to to drop out of those simulated pressures. And so, you know, Cam Sample, Joseph Osai, Jeffrey Gunter, it's too bad Khaled Kareem is gone at this point. Time to step up, right? And that's what we'll yeah. be watching as we get some more news about this injury. But for now, the Bengals are nine and four still. Not yet. Seven and one pregame fist bump. Had to update the people. Brian Callahan and me, seven and one, baby. Boom. And uh, yeah, so we'll see if uh, if that can continue. Um, but yeah, seven and one, that's a pretty damn good record, I'd say. Yeah. And of course, since the, the 0 and 2 start in general, nine and two. So they're, they're on a pretty good stretch, seven and one since the fist bump started, nine and two since those weird first couple weeks of the season and the offense started transforming. And at nine and four, the Bengals remain in contention, as I mentioned, for the AFC North, certainly where things still could be decided in that final game of the season. Things are going down to the wire, too. We'll have to see. We're recording this while Kansas City is somehow not in the absolute driver's seat against Denver. Denver has the ball down 28-34 right now. So we'll see what goes on there. Obviously, the Bengals play the Bills, so the first seed in the AFC definitely still in play for this team as well. And they will have to remain resilient, and guys will have to continue to step up if they hope to accomplish that goal. And we'll continue talking about it as long as it's in play. I like that storyline. I I, th- I think that's a fun one. We'll have more on the Bengals win over the Browns, including some film takeaways coming up later this week as we continue to think about this big win, five in a row for the Bengals, and hoping to make it a few more. So. Make sure you check back on Lockdown Bengals the rest of the week before we shift gears and start thinking Tampa and the Burrow-Brady game. Until next time, Bengals fans, thanks for listening to the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Hootay, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.